Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godet and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm with Adney Godin, Sister Godin. How are you doing on this blessed day? Good morning, Brother Nick. Good morning, Brother Nick. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm blessed. I'm really, truly blessed. And I say that because God woke me up this morning and... We had, I had a dream about us being on this morning, so it was just so excited to exciting to be able to see it and then be a part of it in real Amen. time, right? So just, 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 I'm just loving on him right now, like for real, for real. I'm just loving on him. Amen, right amen. So we we just going to get right into it. So first of all, this is going to be a series uh, of a man's purpose and and value. So when we say uh, man, we're we're referring to the male species. Uh, we're we're talking about men. <laughs> we're talking about boys that will eventually become men, right? So I'm excited about this uh, three part series. Uh, it may be four, but but we will be doing a three part series of a uh, a man's purpose and value. So Adney, like like I said, um, I know you didn't ask me how I was doing, but I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to ask our guests, our special guests. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) No, I'm going to ask our special guests. We have, look, we've never done this before, Adney. We've never done this before. We got three guests on this episode. So you're going to put me on the spot like that. That's what you're going to do. We got Arvell Draper, Daryl Smith, and Kimmy Hernandez. How y'all doing, family? Y- y'all can just chime in. Y'all come in where y'all fit in. How y'all doing? Awesome. Doing awesome. good. Doing wonderful over here. Amen. Good morning, Brother Nick. How are you doing this morning, Brother Nick? Hey, Doc. I am doing well. I'm doing good by the grace of God. So thank you for asking <laughs> my co-host. See, she she got like me. She got excited, right? So she ain't even bother asking me because I get like that sometimes. Sometimes I just get on. I'm like, well, what I had to say again? <laughs> but I'm doing good, Draper, man. But look, it's good to have everybody on. And listeners, again, we thank you all for joining and listening. You might probably be at the gym. You might probably be in your car, washing clothes. You might be doing chores around the house, throwing away trash. Look, we thank you. Thank you for your support. And we always encourage you to continue to share our episodes. But this episode going to be a dynamic episode. We'll be talking about the creation uh, of man. And um, sometimes we got to go back to the beginning um, because some boys, they don't know how to become men. Um, you know, we live in a generation in society where, where men are get, getting put down. I mean, by society, you know, physically um, and spiritually. So we want to elevate men and we want to help men to identify um, and know their uh, purpose and and value. So I just want to read a few stats before we dive into the scripture uh, that that we will read um, onto your hearing. So I'm going to start out with a few stats and this really touched my heart. So we're talking about, so did you guys know that you guys don't have to answer this, but I'm just going to read like three stats and it really touched me when I read this. It said that we're talking about fatherless aggression. 
So let's 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 talk about fatherless aggression. But we're not going to talk in our episode again. This is just the, the stats that I I pulled up, and this is a, a source from the Journal of Abnormal Child Psychology. It says that in a longitude study of over a thousand fourth graders, students, researchers observed greater levels of aggression in boys from mother-only households than from boys in mother-father households. That was astonishing. I was like, wow. So you trying to tell me when the father's not involved, that child going to be more aggressive? Now, I don't know. It, it probably may have improved since this last article or the study, but who knows? But hey, ain't no telling living in this day and age um, <clears throat> how things are now. So here's another, here's another stat. Confused identity. This one is interesting because this is what's circular, circulating around the atmosphere right now. Confused identity. Boys who grow up in father-absent homes are more likely than those in father-present homes to have trouble establishing appropriate sex roles and gender identity. Wow. That is powerful. Again, that's what I said. That's that's what's going on right now. And um, you, as you guys know, I have a son and, and he mimics everything I do. So a, a, it, again, in order for me to become that man, they had to take another man to teach me how to be a man because I didn't know how to become a man because I grew up in, in a house with a mother. You know, mothers, we love you, but them kids need their daddy. Kids need their daddy. All right. Last stat. And we're going to dive in uh, to the scripture in Genesis 127. And Adney will read Genesis 127. So last stat. A fatherly influence. Children with fathers at home tend to do better in school, are less prone to depression, and are more successful in relationships. Children from one-parent families achieve less and get into trouble more than children from two-parent families. Again, that right here hits home for me because, again, um, my, my mother had seven kids in the household. And we always got in trouble. You know, it, it, there was no, no father figure in the house. It was just mom and seven kids. We were always in the principal office. Now, it may not apply to every household, but I'm sure it's a high percentage. And I can relate to these stats. So we're going to start it off with our scripture. And we're going to have our guests break down the creation of man because we want to know what is a man? Why did God create man? What was a man's purpose? And um, what is his value? Adney, take it home. All right. I'm going to read in Genesis um, one twenty seven in the Amplified. And I'm also reading in NLT. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The NLT reads like this. I like to do both. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created. I'm sorry, he created them, male and female, he created them. And it says in this part, it says the word um, man in the Hebrew means ha-adam. 
So Adam means male. So I wanted to share that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Amen. Amen. So, fellas, uh, based on the scriptures that Adney just read, again, Adney, I want to thank you again for reading that. What does it mean to be created in an image of God? And, and I need y'all to break it down and take your time. We, when we talk about what does it mean um, that, you know, what is it meant when God created man is in, in his image? We want you to break down the characteristics, the identity, and also the purpose. Um, yes, that's a heavy question. Um when we look at who God is, God is perfect. God is holy. God is has a moral responsibility. And when he created a man in the garden, that's exactly who man was. He was uh, absent of sin before sin entered. He was holy. He had this holy communion with the almighty God. And when you have a connection, when you have a relationship with the Almighty God, you have no choice but to to get his characteristics. Just like you mentioned, you had a your son, he's a spitting image of you. He mimics you. Same thing with my daughter. I look at her and all I see is me. I see she walk like me. I see she talk like me. I see she looks like me. I see how she thinks like me. So when we talk about God, who God is our father. And even with the stats, you already, you already hear how important it is for that father to be there. And when our father, God, is there and will always be there. So it's not, he's not absent. So when we look at our father, we're going to look at him and we should mimic everything he does. And even in our sins, our, our father was like, you know what? I got, I got, I got, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. I, I can't associate with sin. So I'm going to go ahead and send my son down. So even with that, even though we, we have sin, of course, Romans you know, 3.23 tells us we all sin. Even though we have sin because of Jesus and his blood, we still can be just like God. We can still be holy. We can still be righteous, but only through Jesus. So that's just a little bit of the characteristics uh, breaking down of, of the identity of, of a man. Uh, just to kind of uh, piggyback off what he's saying, I appreciate that so very much. And that is a uh, a heavy question, but a, a much needed one that needs to be answered. So, uh, my studies uh, led me to the fact that the image of God, or being created in the image of God, is uh, really, really a status. It's the status that we have here, um, and sometimes we can, you know, we can kind of miss the. Uh, uh, we can kind of miss the the the, the idea. Uh, uh, when we say things like characteristics or traits, right?
it is a status. <clears throat> we have that status as mankind here. Out of all of the created order in the terrestrial realm, we have the status of God. That's why he tells us to have dominion, to rule, to subdue the earth, because we are the representation of God in the created order here. Um, if you will, let me just read something real quick. You read Genesis one twenty seven. I'm going to read Genesis one twenty six, the verse before that. And I'm reading from the ESV version. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So when God says, let us make man, and I know this may be a bit controversial, but I think it's crucial and key here. Um, I take the position that um, he's not speaking to himself. I take the position that he's speaking to the heavenly host. See, God doesn't need to tell God, hey, let's do this because God is God. The son knew what the father was doing. The spirit knew what the father was doing. They all knew what to do what so they didn't need to be told who needed to be told the heavenly hosts and we can go to other places you know uh where that proves that you know the the celestial beings were were in existence at that point so when he says let us make man in our image uh that 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 extends itself to another point that the celestial beings have his image in their realm. We have his image in this realm. You get what I'm saying? And so it is a status. Okay, we we we, we don't, you know, like I said before, sometimes we can re, we can miss the idea when we reduce it to a characteristic or a trait. No, it's a status. If you are born a human, you have the God status. Absolutely powerful. And and I, I mean, what else can you possibly say after Brother Arvell and Brother Daryl? And um, I, I'll just just echo, you know, the sentiments because uh, Brother Arvell stated it perfectly. I, I was watching my son the other day and I looked at him and I said, my God, he stands just like his father. And now even as we talk about like Brother Daryl said, the characteristics and identity, and we, we can't even encompass in our finite mind truly what the magnitude of God's characteristics and, and his identity, because we are only but a small fraction of what God entails. And so I, I went so far, you know, just like Brother Daryl said, and I looked and I said, okay, what are we really talking about when we even look at our identity? And so we know, I mean, excuse me, the image and I looked and I said, okay, we're talking about pixels. We're talking about, you know, a replication of a view that we may see. So I may see a beautiful tree and I can take a picture, but I can only grab so much of that image within that frame. But now when we look at the sovereignty of God, we look at the ruling power of God. We look at the dominancy of God and consider his ways. And just like Brother Daryl said, we are supposed to to look like him and we are him. And, and it just like, and I love the fact that brother Daryl pointed out that too often in our fleshly realm, we, we reduce God's God's true identity. And the fact that 
This is within us. Because when you create something, you are creating that thing. And I, uh, uh, Miles Monroe, I believe his name was. And he said, if you ever want to know the purpose of something, ask its creator. And so that thing stuck with me. I don't know how long ago I read that. But going back to what Brother Daryl said, when you look at God and you look at the purpose of God, that purpose is within us. And so I, I, I'm glad that we're we're looking at this topic. I'm glad that we are speaking on this because as people of the body of Christ, and especially our men, because our men are the head on earth, it's important to know what your identity is, your God-given identity and ordained identity, and to walk in that purpose. So when I, when I was in college, um, we was talking about this. We were talking about the image of God. And, and both of y'all, all you guys... Did a phenomenal job by just touching on, on what it means to you know to 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 have the characteristics um, uh, of God in the image of God rather, <clears throat> and as we know, um, we are spiritual. We are spiritual, and we and Adney's. I know you're going to touch on the next verse and how God formed man, but we are spiritual, and all of us um, from a physical standpoint, we're we're all connected to the Father. Like for an example, Ray, Ray, brother Ray. Brother Ray did a lesson many, many years ago on, he said, and, and you know, Ray and I, we're in the medical field. So he said, um, humanity has this protein. It's called laminin. Now, laminin is a protein that without that protein, your whole body would collapse. Laminin is what keeps the whole body together. And, and the interesting thing about that uh, protein is that it's shaped as a cross. And we have billions billions of laminin in our body. You take out the laminin, we collapse. You put the laminin back in, we stand in firm. We're strong. We can move. So that's the power. It's like God's um, imprint is all through through humanity. And I know, Addy, I know, I know I'm jumping the gun. I know you're going to touch on Genesis 2, 7, but I just wanted to add that in there. And also when we look at, and Daryl, you did a phenomenal job in, in, in the past when you talked about who God is, the image of God. God is love. Love is God. So because God is love and love is God, and his, the fruits of the, the Spirit bears those characteristics. In Galatians 5.22, the Spirit is love. The Spirit is joy. The Spirit is peace. The Spirit is long-suffering. The Spirit is kindness. The Spirit is goodness. The Spirit is faithfulness. The Spirit is gentleness. And the Spirit is self-control. So when we talk about those fruits of the Spirit, that's what God's image was when he created humanity. That's what he wanted humanity to become because He, God is that. Everything that we just read, that's what God, that's his whole design for human to become. And because the fruits of the spirit bears that, we too bears those. But what interfered with these characteristics was sin. Was sin. So I, I appreciate all that you guys are saying. And, and one author would put it like this. He'll say, the image of God is, is, the, is the phrase used to describe the inherent value and the dignity of all humankind. And that's powerful because in the past, and it's, it's, it's not in the past, it's even present. People value pets more than they value human. 
So when we look at it, and I know y'all pet lovers, I know y'all might be listening to this podcast, wherever y'all at. Y'all be like, who, who you think he is? He's talking about my little rookie or poo-poo. I'm, I'm sorry to, 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 I don't mean to offend you, but your dog, your cat, your lizard, whatever animal you possess does not, was not created in the image of God. And, and I think people really need to understand and they need to start putting value on humanity. And it should not matter what color you are. You could be black, blue, brown, purple, white. The, the thought and the reality is that we're all created in the image of God. Um, Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils. And man became a living person. I, I want us to take a look at the fact that the Lord created us from the dust, not the dirt, the dust. When you clean your home, there's dust. You can barely see it. That's what God created us from. So my question is, how do we see ourselves like the intricate part of us coming from dust? Not the dirt, not the mud, the dust, the like if you blow on something, it just it spreads everywhere. That that that's the particle that like we are created from. So I want us to go and whoever answers this to look at the that, that part to really look and see us in that. And that's my question. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna leave it to the scholar to go ahead and break that down. But I'm just gonna say this real quick piece here. I'm gonna go a different way with it. Um, <clears throat> and, and I'm going to try to uh, point out the author's intention here. Um, and uh, this is something that I've said in the past, and I think that is something that we should incorporate in our studies, just really getting after what the author is trying to convey here, looking at the different rhetorical strategies and literary devices. Uh, before we get to chapter two, uh, you know, with the whole creation story, he's been telling you that everything that God made is good. And so he's been using that term quite a bit. Repetition, that's a rhetorical strategy. And so good is synonymous with God. God is synonymous with good. God is good. And so when he forms man, everything that he made up until this point was spoken into existence. Right. And uh, so when the author gets to the created aspect where God begins to interact and create and deal with man, he becomes a bit more intimate. He says that God forms, right? Which gives you a picture, right? Uh, and you've already got this idea that, it, you know, everything else is good, right? But he takes that a step further with God actually forming the man. And then he brings an, an, an intimate element in when he says he breathed into his nostrils. And what should be happening right now is as the reader is reading this or exposed to this, uh, something you should get sort of a mental picture, right? Where intimacy and, and closeness and, 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 and even more detail uh, 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 is had here uh, with this creation. because. This man, you know, is going to be made in the image of God. And so God takes it a step further and comes a little bit more personal 
uh, with the creation aspect here. Well, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on what Daryl said, and, and, and then I'll, I'll go forward. Um, and when, like Brother Daryl said, when you're looking at forming and you're looking at the formation, um, I think the most perfect word he could have he could have articulated was an intimacy, because when you think about it, and just like Adney said, and you look at the frailty of life, and and we know as the scripture states that our life is but a vapor; we appear for a while and then it vanishes. And so, but then you think about the tangible us, like in Brother Daryl Smith many years ago when it was a home church, <laughs> the church meeting at the home. And I remember the, the lesson that he showed us in the coming together of, of the stars in the, in the creation at the birth of, of Christ. And so if we could just even process on our level what it is to be formed by the, the great I am, okay? And the fact that God took his time to make nails, to make fingers, to make toes, to make internal organs that knows what you're supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do. And if, if anything comes out of sync, we're in trouble, you know? And, and so, Adney, when you speak about that dust and, and, and this outside of us, this is only but a layer. You know, I, I won't go into the whole skin and all of that, but, you know, we have the epidermal layer, then we have all these different layers. And the fact that God took his time, that love and that intimacy and put it in what we call man, my God. And so I just want to jump over to the piece about breathing because then I looked at it and I said, okay, well, we breathe in all day and every moment. We're breathing in now. But then the, the Oxford said to take in air into the lungs and then expel it, especially as a regular physiological process. Then I said, okay, let's look at the physiological process. Biological process vital for an organism to live that shapes its capacities for interacting with its environment. So when you think about God forming his breathing, and we already know if God don't breathe, we don't breathe. Okay, because we, we, we are his creation. We are God. And that's, that's I believe, the most phenomenal point that we are, we are processing right now and that we ought to always keep in alignment with is that we are God. You, you can't be made in an image of something that you're not. Now I understand what you mean. Man. You, you, y'all, what's, what, what can be said that hasn't been said? Um, I, I love what um, my brother Daryl said. It's an intimacy. You know, we today, when somebody gets too close, like, yo, hold on, give me, give me, give me 50 feet. Like, you're a little too close to me, you know? And God got right up into our face and breathed. I mean, he breathed like that is we was nothing like Adney said, just dirt, uh, not even dirt. It was the dust of the dirt. Like we ain't even got no substance to us. We ain't had nothing to hold us down until God breathed into us. And that's when, see, see first guy went and he took a selfie. Let me take a selfie. Make, let me make this man in, my, in, in our own image. Okay, I got him in our own image, but but he needs a little bit more. Let me now breathe into him life. Let me give him life. And to my sister Kim's uh, point, man, he he took his time. He sat down and said, you know what? Let me make sure I make their, their skin waterproof. You know, let me make sure I sit them on earth 
just far enough from the sun so that the, they can get the, the, the benefits of the sun and the heat, but not too close where they'll burn up. God took his time. And here's the thing about it. God being as powerful as he is, he didn't have to take his time. He didn't have to take, he didn't have to take six days to create, but he took his time. And then when he came to man, he said, no, let me, let me take a little bit extra because I want this to be intimate. I want them to know how much I love them. Let me take my time. And going back to God, breathe. Like if, and and like Sister Kim uh, said, if God ain't breathing, we ain't breathing. So God gives us, like God is just that much important to us as our next breath that we about to take. And when we think about just breathing, you, you can't help but to go back over to, to 2 Timothy 3.15 says all scriptures is, is given by the inspiration of God. And that inspiration of God is nothing more than God breathed. So this holy word that we have, this, this is God's breath that he has put all through the Bible for us to take in, for us to breathe. And if we're not getting God's breath, getting his word, then we are nothing. We, we are dead. We are dead and, and we are nothing until God breathes into us and we have to breathe in his word. So that's that's how I see um, that scripture in God breathe. Man, we, we having some church. <laughs> we having some church this morning. <laughs> I like it. But um, look, you guys, you guys nailed it. You know, when you talk, you know, by talking about how God formed and breathed into man. And I like what all you guys said. But the way that I observe it, I'm going to put it, I'm going to bring it back to 2012, 2020, I said 2012, Lord have mercy, 2022. So like you guys mentioned love and intimacy. We know God is love, love is God, and God was intimate. How Adney brought up that God created humanity by utilizing tiny particles, because what that's what dust is. You, you can't see it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lab scientist. Maybe I could see it. Maybe if I put it under the microscope, you know, I could see it. But those things are tiny. And, and I like how you guys mentioned love and int- intimacy. So when I started thinking about love and intimacy, I'm like, okay, God create. But the, who, the one that God is creating, have created, that was man. That was a man. You know, so I want, I want my listeners to understand that. This was not a female. This is, this is a man that God is creating. And I'm going somewhere with this because um, society teaches us to be emotionless, like to, to not have any emotions. Don't have no love. Like if, if you, if you brought up in the streets, hey man, nah, you got to hate this dude. You got to look at a dude a certain way. No, you got, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. And that that's all a contradiction to what God is. So when we talk about, so when, when I look at how God created man, God is kind of like teaching man something. Like man also has the ability to create. God put the seed in him. So man has the ability to create. Obviously, he needs a help. Well, we'll talk about that. He needs someone to do that with a married partner in order to be able to create. But God put something in that man in order to create. So God is saying, because I did this with you, man, I'm expecting you to do that with your son. I'm expecting for you to do that with your daughter. I want you to have love your child, be intimate with your child, get all up close with your child, talk to your child, love your child. Oh, I'm getting chills. But I started to think about my son. I started to think about my daughter. I started thinking about when I was in the, in, the, in the OR, when my wife was giving birth to my son, Elijah. And then he came out, out of uh, my, my wife's wound. And I'm like, wow, 
look at this creation. Look at God's creation. Like, and I said, this came out of me? Like, so, so all I kept saying is like, I love this child. Like the, the love that I have for this child that came out of me. Well, it obviously came out of my wife, but it's a part of me. That's a part of my DNA. I was like, wow, like as a man, I now understand what it means to love another person. So I believe that that's, that's what God is, is trying to convey with humanity. Like God, he loves us. He desires us. That's why Jesus Christ came down. Because the love that he had for humanity, even the angels don't understand. Man, why God love the man? Why God love you, man? You're like that. We're part of his DNA. In his love, he had that agape love, that unconditional love as it relates uh, to humanity. Um, I think you said something so powerful because I even remember when I gave birth to Devon, his dad was in the room. There's two, both my kids. I had Amanda by myself. And I say by myself, I was alone with the nurses. But with Devon, his dad was there. He got to experience me pushing this child out of my cervix. And he looked at me and he said, this is the greatest gift that you could have given me. Because my son is his only, his only child, biologically. And... When when we when we when we give birth and we have children, we're raising these children. He exclaimed those words, but turned around to be an absent father. Right? I think sometimes men have to understand the power of your 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 words because the enemy captures that. And when he captures that, because you say this is the greatest gift I give you, but here it is, you're absent from his upbringing. I'm raising him to be to be somebody, but I can't give him that part that comes from you. I can only give him the part that comes from me, which is the nurturing, the loving part, right? And when he turned 14, he said, mom, you did your part. It's his turn, right? So before I moved here, he was 15 years old when he went to go live with his dad because he knew as a man, I need a man. And I'm saying this to men. If you're looking at your daughter, you're looking at your son, that is the most beautiful gift God has given you. We're living in a society that's that's praising absenteeism, whether it's absentee moms or whether it's absentee dads. But we have a father who is always here. He never leaves us. Even when we feel like we alone, he'll whisper something and you be like, oh, okay, I feel you, daddy. You're right here with me. So men, I'm, I'm challenging men to step up. I'm challenging you to look at your child, to see the image of God, to see you and them and stay. Don't leave. Even if it gets hard, don't leave. Your baby needs you. Yeah, the mama can't do it by herself. She can. She only has but this much. But together, y'all give them such an amazing, amazing life. And that's what the spirit laid on my heart. And, and, and let me just say this. I, I, I know um, uh, you want to move on, but I, I think it's needful because, you know, she brings up an excellent point. Um, I just want to add to that, you know, um, the importance of all the roles. And I know we focus in on man, but but when we talk about being a man and the purpose of a man, uh, you know, we need 
and let me just emphasize the, the, the woman on this for a second. We need women to help us be men as well. Because um, the reality of the situation is when, when you look at, you know, uh, when you try to make it relatable to present day, you know, 2022, it's hard to be a man. It's hard to be a good man. We have systems in place that that keep you from being a man. Believe it or not, a woman can keep a man from being a man, especially if they're together. We have systems in place right now. Welfare. You know, what incentive is, what incentive is there for you to, uh, you know, go be with your man when you get money for him not being there? Y'all get what I'm saying? There are systems in place right now. And, and, and it lets you know that, you know, this thing goes it goes all the way back to the original rebel. I mean, the, the attack, you know, is, has always been on the family. But if you can take that man out. Yeah. You, you, you get what I'm saying? If you can take that man out, boy, he, 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 he's got an advantage. And so, you know, uh, you know, the, I don't want to open up cans of worms here, but but just let me just say that it is difficult to be a man. And women need to help men be men. Men need to help men be men. And when I say that, you hit it on the head Nick, with, with fathers. Fathers, you got to be there. But, but but wife help him be there. You know, woman help him be there. You know, don't 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 snatch away his authority when he tries to 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 you know uh discipline or, or do something. Yeah, I, I don't want to open up a can of worms. I just wanted to say that because we're 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 killing the family structure, uh, which is foundational and needed. This this is good because go go ahead. No, let, let me say something, Kim, and I'll let okay, you go. Let me okay. say something. <laughs> yeah, because Adney brought up man, Adney. I thank God for for letting go, the Holy Spirit go, use you. Because um, <laughs> yeah, because again, like I like I said at the top of the show, I come from a household where it was just seven siblings, and it was it was just my mom, and I and I always thought about like man, like why my why my daddy not in my life? Like I used to think about this as a kid. You know, I was five years old, six years old, thinking about this. Like I see a woman, my mother. And I see seven other, I mean, six other siblings. And I'm like, wow, my dad, he don't love me. Like, he brought me here. We're like, why am I here? Why am I even here? So I say that to say this, that there, there might probably be a, a teenager listening to this episode. And so I'm like, man, I feel a certain type of way. You know, why my daddy ain't here? And, and Derek, to your point, you're right. There are systems that are put in place to kind of like <laughs> kick the man out the house. To have to cause men to be resentful towards baby mother or their their whatever, but but I believe all that we could overcome all that that through the power of God, because I didn't understand the structure of a family until I got married, because all I knew was that, um, you know, you get a woman pregnant, um, and that's your baby mama, because that's what the streets taught us. The street taught us to have multiple women, go ahead and get as much women as you can. And if you get them pregnant, you get them pregnant. And then what we refer to them as BM, baby mother. Yeah, that's my, that's my BM right there. But that's not God's design. God's design is that a man to have a wife, and we're going to get to that. That's, that's really helping us to the next section. So God's whole design is for a man to have a wife, and it, it is the wife that helps the husband <laughs> to, to, to become that husband. Now, if, he's, if, if that man has a baby mother, yes, there you're right. 
that baby mother got to help the dad. You know, mothers can't feel a certain way just because they're not together. Um, because, you know, sin is sin. You know, when, when you do things outside of the will of God, things would happen and it happens. My mother had several kids out of wedlock, but but we found peace and we found hope only by God's grace. So there, and again, we're talking about how God formed and how he breathed into man and how God loved man and how God was intimate with man. The reason why I brought that up, because I, I always used to, like, like I said, I always think about like, man, my daddy don't love me because if God was close and intimate with man and God expect that of man to do the same thing, to replicate that, especially to his children, I always used to think like, man, like, so I'm thinking like, is this some kind of generational curse? Maybe my dad probably went through that through with his dad. And probably his dad went through that with his dad. So it's kind of like something that it has to cease. It has to stop. So that's why we're trying to try to produce and record this episode because we're trying to shine highlight. Women, y'all got to, like Daryl said, y'all got to help us out. It's hard to be a man. It is hard. God gave man to have dominion, to rule over stuff. It's a weight, especially if you're a husband. You know, because I respect husbands. Because they have to deal with a wife. They got to deal with children. They got to manage their household. I can't wait to episode two when we're going to be talking about the singles. But I, I, I respect I respect husbands. And, and if you're a man, if you're not married, look, it's hard. Like Daryl said, it's hard. And we need y'all women. Go ahead, Sister Kim. Okay, I'm going to jump in here right quick because y'all know y'all are like Brother Daryl. Stop <laughs> trying not to open up the words. No, Adney did it. It's Adney's fault. Okay, so we're going we to take it to the script and then we're going to bring this thing real. So Ephesians 5, 22 says, wives understand, and I'm reading from the message. So y'all know the message is <laughs> speaking like we speak it. Wives understand and support your husbands in ways that show, watch this, your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Now, now I, I know like, like, like you said, Nick, because we're going to hop into the singles, but my, my God, this has to be spoken on because I've been in the place of a wife. I'm now I'm in the place of a mother watching my child. And I don't agree with everything that his father does, but I thank God for the men of God. And this is the importance of knowing the true identity of God and not even only knowing, but living and breathing and walking and moving in that. Because although my son's father does not emulate everything that I would expect as a man of God, I I, I rely on God to come in there and to make that wrong right. But I can't ever, I can't ever take away the need and the detrimental effects of his father not being there. Versus him being there, making some mistakes. And I'm yet, I'm telling you, this is blessing my life. And I know it's blessing our readers. Because if we cannot support a man, no matter what he's done, and this is a heavy role. And, and one thing that like Adney was saying, and what Brother Daryl Smith said, we have a part, a God-ordained part. We can't call ourselves children of God, but we're, we're looking and we're emulating the world. There ought to be a difference. We, we should be setting a standard. And so the world should be able to look upon us and say, well, dang, she went through the same thing I went through, but look how she's dealing with it. I fall before my knees. 
I lean to God because when I see something that I don't like, yeah, of course I'm going to say something. But then I got to allow God to be God too, because what? All things are going to work together for his good. But my son needs his father. And just like I said in the beginning, and when I, when I said he stand just like him, a son needs his father. And just like Brother Daryl Smith said, we got to allow men to be men. Not not the man that's gonna buy your your, your Gucci purse and and and, and your, you make sure your, your your Pandora bracelet is all lit up. No, let that man be that man that you submit to. Let that man walk in his God ordained role. And I know we're getting there because I know we're gonna talk about the, the, the roles of a father, where he's at in his position. And I'm gonna summarize it up because everybody got a part to play, and we got to play our part. Stay in your lane. That that's one thing I wanna I wanna transmit. Stay in your lane. Okay, so brother Daryl, you said for us to help y'all be men, right? But what about those men that shut you out and don't allow you to help them to get to that place of manhood? Won't accept correction, not not correction so much, but even admonition, right? Because you're a woman, you can't tell me nothing. You understand? I do understand that we live in a society that bashes y'all. And I tell people all the time, I am so grateful and thankful God gave me a son. Because looking at my son, the way I talk to him, that little Negro looked me dead in my eye if I yell at him. That tells me I can't yell at a man because that little boy will did. And when I lower my voice and I say, son, can you please He'll get up and do it. Okay. So I can't talk to a man like that. There are certain things that I learned from him. I have to be able to say, okay, when I'm talking to a man, and sometimes I'm aggressive because I have, I have a lot of um, what you call manish it ways because of how, <laughs> because of how I grew up, but I'm understanding, like, I don't need to bash you, but can you listen to me when I talk to you? Can, can, can I share and impart this and will you take it? So if we're going to help y'all, y'all have to be receptive to receive from us. Uh, let me just say uh, to the, to the men that, that uh, make it difficult and it's, you know, you trying to, you know, pour into them and help them. That's a man who does not understand uh, his purpose and his role. And, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, I think with uh, the next scripture that you're going to read here with, uh, about him being placed in the garden. But let me just say this. You actually answered your question when you just gave the illustration of your son. You said when you're fussing at him, he looks you dead in the eye. And when we get to the next scripture, I'm going to show you why he looked you dead in your eye like that. But then when you lowered your tone and you came at him, a certain way, watch this, with intimacy. When you came at him with intimacy, trust me, he can't, that man can't help but respond to that. I say that all the time. I, I said that in one of the last posts, uh, uh, last uh, podcast, I believe, uh, on here, uh, giving an example of my wife. You know, I, that woman can get, she can tell me, baby, I want honey off the moon. And, and, and when she approached me like that, trust me, I will be at NASA trying to figure out how to literally get to the moon so I can get that honey. But now if she coming 
I'm like your son. I'm looking her in the eye. And I'm going to show you why we do that uh, uh, in the next verse. So so I'll leave it right there. Please let me. I, I got to get in there. Please let me get Brother, in there. I'll be, I'm, I'm going to hit it and quit. I've been quiet. I've been sitting here not saying I, I got to hit it and quit. All right. You have to understand women. Y'all have to understand. First of all, every man is different. Just like every woman is different. Every man is different. And what the problem is sometimes with men and women, I'm going to put that on both, you don't know your identity. It's going back again that we was talking about. We forget that we have characteristics of the God Almighty. And when you don't know who you are, all you're doing is, is, is uh, you have this knee-jerk reaction based upon experiences that you had in the past. Because you may, may have had a, a man that didn't listen to you. And because you come at this man a different type of way and he's not listening, you're going back to your past, said, oh, this is that because of what you've experienced. Instead of looking at this man, like Daryl said, man, a, a, a woman can make or break a man. A woman can make or break a man. You know, y'all don't understand the power that y'all have. Daryl just said he would go to the moon. The wife said, because of that don't intimacy, because of that intimacy. Yeah, and then, honey, you're right. <laughs> because of that intimacy that you have. So if you, if, if sometimes women, a man is not responding the way that you think that he should respond. You might want to sort of check yourself and, and likewise for the man as well. So I'm, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Let's go <laughs> to Genesis 2.15. I have to read 14 to give it context. It says, um, uh, no, never mind, because it's talking about the Tigris River. Never mind. The Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But I have to read 16. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay, so Adney just read 2, uh, 15 and 16. So we want y'all to break down scholars. You know, I got to go back to scholars. We want to know what is meant when God, okay, God created man. And God put this man in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Y'all break it down. Who we, who want to go first? Y'all break it down. Because we're talking about the purpose and the value of man. We're trying to help men to understand their purpose and also their value. God gave man a purpose. He gave him an assignment. Um, I like to keep stuff simple, okay? In short, God's mission for man is to obey. That's it. He said, I want you to dress it. I want you to take care of this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold you responsible because I want you to show me how much you love me. See, love always has an object. There's an object. And God looks at us and we're his object of love. And for us to show God love, like, you know what? You, you gave me a responsibility to tend to this garden, to, 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 to take care of it. You're giving me this responsibility, and I'm going to show you how much I love you by take, doing exactly what you told me to do. I'm going to take care of it. Not only that, God went a little deeper and said, hey, look, see that tree over there? And you, you've heard the discussions before about well, why would God do that? And why would God set a man up like that? And, and again, it goes back to the object of love. Like, if you trust me, like, we already had this intimacy. I, I, I made you, 
I made you out of my own image. I, I got close and personal. I breathed the life in you. Like, where's that intimacy? And the intimacy is in obeying what God said to do. And God has, uh, we talked about it earlier, God has responsibilities for the man. He's providing, he's, he's taking care of, he's, and when you get married, he's the, he's the head and and we we mix that up and and, and the whole different dynamics with that head. And and all it is saying is you're the first one in charge to make sure stuff get done. Again, it's going back to this love. It's going back to this intimacy. And so when you look at this verse, all, all it's talking about is man obeying God, loving God so much that I'm, I'm going to obey you. Lord says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. And he commanded him, hey, take care of this garden. Take care of what I called good. Take care of it. So um, awesome. That's why I love to let, let, let Brother Arvell or Brother Smith. Um, and, and looking at this verse, three things jumped out to me. Uh, positioning, um, his place, and the responsibility. I dare to say that the garden was the OJT on job training for man, <laughs> because when you think about it, like brother Arvell just perfectly stated, that was the first thing that God gave man that was the precursor precursor of his responsibility in the church, his responsibility in the home. There's nothing that you can look at in the responsibility and the purpose and the value of man that you can't find first in the garden. And so when God placed him in the garden, like brother Orvel said, scripture says to till and to subdue it and to cultivate it. And that is the epitome of why man exists. And, 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 you know, I'm not going to jump too far out, but when, when you operate in your, your, your purpose and, take on that responsibility. Um, there was, there was a, a study that brother Daniels did and I went and I found something further. And it said that um, in Padfield, he said, if a man has obtained all kind of accolades and, and acknowledgements and education and everything, and he's at the top of the chain at, at in his place of work, but he has failed in his spiritual matters he has failed in all things. Wrap your mind around that. Because sometimes the, the world can push us in that, in, that, in that physical, in that carnal mindset to say, oh, I got the car, I got the bins, I got the, 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 the house, I got the mansion, I got all of this. But where's your identity and your alignment before God? What, what, what are you walking in any form of your purpose before God? Because we, we and I thank God because we're practical on here. And so we're looking at the reality that you may be operating from a place where you don't have it because it wasn't placed in you. It wasn't poured into you. But I, t- I think back when Brother Daniel said one time, and he said, um, he said, if something happened to you, that wasn't your fault. But when you continue in that, when you know you're lacking something, when you know that you, you have a deficit, there's nothing that we need from in, in, in our lives that God does not have. And so where there is a father missing, and, and I don't want to go too far back, where there's a man that is not all that God has called him to be, he just may not have it. He may not know what he, what he's supposed to be. But then that's where we have individual responsibilities to go back to the creator. Once again, if, how, how do I know what I'm supposed to be? How do I know what I'm supposed to look like? I'm going back to the one who created me. 
uh, three things here, and this is a really good place to sit down. And I know we getting towards the end, but but just forgive me. Three things: address it, keep it, and then the third thing: what are you dressing and what are you keeping? Okay. If we can get those answers, then then men can understand, you know, specifically their purpose. Now, dress it, uh, brother Arbel and sister Kimmy, y'all hit that nail on the head, and, and Nick as well. You're essentially talking about working. Okay. You're, you're, you're maintaining, you're cultivating all of that good stuff. But now what I like is the term keep it. Why does he put, why does the author put keep it? I mean, you essentially got all you need with dressing, right? You, you, you work the garden, whatever cases. Okay. Keep it. Keep it brings along with it the idea of protection. See, not only does that man work, He's designed to protect. Now, I'm going to prove that. Now, <clears throat> the same word, Hebrew word used there to keep it is the same word used uh, in Genesis, I believe, 3, uh, 24, where, where the cherub is holding a flaming sword and he's guarding the tree of life. That same word is used in dressing, keep it. So here with man's purpose, it brings along the idea of protection. Now, remember I said in the beginning, what are you dressing and what are you keeping? Well, in this context, watch this. He's dressing and he's keeping Eden. Okay, so then the question is, what is Eden? Eden Literally speaking, is a garden, yes. But when you start looking at Eden and you break it down spiritually, that is the place where God uh, uh, dwells. That is the place, <clears throat> excuse me, where heaven meets earth. That is the place where you have fellowship with God. That is the place where a man and his wife are naked and are not ashamed. That is the place where you got everything you need. Y'all get what I'm saying? Now, I know you you like to, to make it relative to today, which is what we should do. Um, so, so a man who I got a lot of stuff going through my mind here, y'all. I'm trying to make it make it go go right. So, so Adney, Adney, I want to show you why your why your son looked you in your eye when you came at him like that, because it's in him to protect. It's in him to do that. And if you attack in him, his first instinct is to protect. You get what I'm saying? And if you got the notion to protect, you got some fight in you. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and when, when um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to pull in that last point we were talking about, when you attack a man's quote unquote manhood, listen, We'll probably get that later on, but that's why Paul, you know, in the New Testament is like, listen, woman, you respect your husband. Respect him. He tells the man to love the wife, but woman, you respect that man because we feel attacked and it's in us. We got some, trust me, we got some fighting. Now, women, I know y'all got it in y'all too. I'm, I'm woman and hear me roar, but this is the man's podcast. Men got fighting. Trust me. You get what I'm saying? And, and a man who does not know his purpose, 
doesn't know that he is designed to work, designed to protect, then you, you can have some problems there because it, it's, it, I kind of liken it to power that's out of control. You know, power needs to be controlled. Y'all understand that, right? If it's not controlled, you got, you got, you can have some calamity on your hands, some tragic stuff on your hands. So he's designed to talk about the purpose of man. He is designed to protect his wife. He's got to protect her. He's got to protect his family. Y'all get what I'm saying? But not just physically, spiritually. That's why God goes looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? I hid. What? Why? Because I was afraid. He called Adam. Why? Because you designed to do this. Y'all get what I'm saying? And perhaps that's why one of the reasons why the original rebel went to Eve. Because the man who knew the word, Eve knew it too, but the man who knew the word, he's designed to work and protect. So I I like what you guys pointed out. Uh, I love the word that our values, responsibility. When he said that, some antennas went up like, wow, responsibility. There, I like how you mentioned um, the Eden, the fellowship with God. And I, I like how you brought that up because it's pointing man back to God. It's pointing men back to God. And it's, it's by design why there's more women in the church than there is men. So when you said that, I'm like, yeah, he need to stay there. He need to talk about that because men need to, to, to start become more intimate with God. You know, when they have, because men, we have issues now. Because let me tell you something, before I have knew Christ, I had a whole lot of issues. But I did not know how to go back to God. I didn't know the direction to go. So I'm glad you brought that up. And Daryl, you brought up working. And, and y'all just brought up like, like protect, the protection part. That's key too. But even, uh, again, you, you guys nail on some, some poignant and some key points. But for me, what it, when I look at this scripture, it says more about God to me. So I go back to the father. So Adam is the son. I look at the father, the son. So now God is, God, it's like God is trying to help us. Men, um, he's showing us how to be a father. So think about this. God created everything. God created everything on earth. And then he created Adam, but he put Adam to work. Nothing belongs to Adam. Everything on earth does not belong to Adam, but yet God has given him responsibility. He's putting the work. He say, look, he has given them um, uh, ownership, um, stewardship. So, so these are the things that God is, is putting inside of Adam. Like, hey, you're going to be steward of this uh, ownership. You're going to be responsible. You're going to protect. Uh, you're going to work. And I think that has a lot to, to, to do with us, too, because we have to be able to, to emulate those same things within our households. Like, for instance, in my home, nothing belongs to Elijah. Nothing belongs to Jordan. <laughs> Nothing belongs to them. But we have to put them in a position where give them responsibility. As the father, I got to give him responsibility. I can't, I can't just work, work, or just sit back and just let him do his own thing. And like, son, like, son, what are you doing? Because that's, God didn't do that to Adam. God didn't just create Adam and just let Adam figure it out. Now, God put him in a position to be responsible. God put him in a position to work. 
God put him in a position to protect. And again, that's why I say it goes back to the nature of God. And I think that God wants fathers to emulate that. So when I read this, I'm like, wow, God, okay, okay. This is what you did to Adam. Okay, so I, I, I need to give my son responsibility. So, I mean, I started doing this last year. So last year, I said, honey, we, we call them chores. I said, honey, we're going to buy a, a, a to-do list, like a chore, a chore chart for Elijah. So what we did, we bought that. And, and we have a list of his chores. And at the time, he was six years old. We have a list of his chores. And I said, Elijah, uh, throughout the whole week, whenever you complete a chore, you have to bubble it in. Don't you know, don't you, I, don't wanna, I was about to say Negro. <laughs> I said, don't, you know my, don't you know my son, he was responsible? Once I told him that, because he heard the voice of a man. I mean, not to take away from the women. I'm not, again, this is about men. It's like a, a father that's trying to teach his son to be responsible. So I say, son, look, these are your respons- responsibilities. You complete that, daddy going to take care of you. You know, you got to give somebody something, you know, put a nickel in. I, I was cheap. My, I used to give him three cents, five cents. My was like, come on, Nick, like, you, you really cheap with your son. You giving him five cents, 10 cents. I know some of y'all shake your head too. <laughs> y'all say, this dude cheap. But I gave him like five cents, 10 cents to put in this piggy bank. And he was excited. I rewarded him. And, and and that's kind of like, you know, how God is going to reward Adam. But, <laughs> but I'm just trying to help men to understand that they play a role in helping their children out to be more responsible and to work and to cultivate. Go ahead. Appreciate that, Nick. I just want to emphasize, and this is going along with what you've said, but I sure not want to emphasize uh, uh, something that I touched on before that and which you just kind of uh, just created a really good illustration with the example of you and your son. Please take a look at that picture that we try to put in your head with the cherub holding the flaming sword, guarding the tree of life. Again, what is it that the man is supposed to protect? Things that are spiritual. He is supposed to protect for his wife, for his family, God. He's supposed to protect that. He's supposed to be standing just like those cherubs, guarding just like the cherub. That's 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 the concept that's brought along with keep it. You are guarding the fellowship that God has with your wife. Protecting the fellowship, the relationship that God has with your children. Not only just you, but all your family. It is the responsibility of the man to watch this, work that, cultivate that, protect that. We're talking about the purpose of man here. Now, you you remember when we went to, when we dealt with the purpose of woman, I started by saying it is the whole duty of man to keep God's commandments. That's the whole duty. To love God and keep his commandments, basically. Right. But specifically, that man needs to protect the relationship that he, his wife and his children, the fellowship that he has with God. Yeah, r- real quick. I, I, my, my brother said something real powerful, like it, it's the man's responsibility it, it's it, it, to protect. And society has kind of change that of what it looks like you know uh we look at 
society has said that, oh, a man's got to work. He got to be the one bringing home the bacon. He got to make sure he do this and this. But it, 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 it's, it's different depending on the dynamic that you have. It's still the man's responsibility. If you got a wife that's, that's making more money than you, you're not less of a man because she's making more money than you. It's still your responsibility to make sure you're protecting, that you're, you're working and you're cultivating. You got some dads that sit home and not working, and, and they're at home taking care of the children. That doesn't make that man uh, any less of a man because he's doing it, because it's still his responsibility to make sure he's providing, whether that be mental, whether it be spiritual, whether it be financial, whatever it takes. It's that man's responsibility to go look at his marriage and say, what is needed? Because I got to make sure I cultivate it. I got to make sure I work it. And more importantly, like my brother said, I got to make sure I keep it. So I just want to make sure I put out the society has just has just taken that thing and, and it has ran with it what they think. And each marriage, each household is different, whatever works for y'all. And it's the man's responsibility to figure out what works for his family. And it don't matter what society has to say. All that matters is what God has to say. I appreciate, I really, truly appreciate both Brother Daryl and Brother... Um, Arvell and brother Nick saying this because I'm in a group of sisters that are extremely well educated and there are some things that they say and I'm just like bruh like I have one sister say well if he if he don't if he's not like my daddy then this or if he's not like this then that then it's just like then sis you don't need a husband you need to stay with your daddy because at the end of the day that man is coming into a situation you setting him up like literally you're setting him up for failure. And I say that because you're looking for your daddy. You're not looking for your husband to be who you need him to be in your home. If that's the case, stay home with your daddy. I've had sisters that say, oh, I got this degree. I got that degree. Okay. Let's look at Jesus. Does your degree matter to Jesus? How you treat his son is what matters to him. I just did a devotion that says that I'm talking to married folks. I'm not married, but I'm talking to y'all. Your ministry to each other is what matters to God because God is your father-in-law and God is his father-in-law. How you treat his son in your relationship, how you treat his daughter in your relationship, that matters. That really, truly matters. So we all have to take an account on what we're doing. Like Brother Arvell said, what works for your home? If if you making the six figures, sis, let that man do what it is that he needs to do for the home. Okay. I had a cousin that would not allow her husband to discipline their children. And his children were so disrespectful to him. Every time he went to discipline their children, she got in the way. And his children grew up to be some of the most disrespectful kids. Household of two. We still have to realize there is a design. And that design, number one, God wants us to respect his son. Number two, God wants you to love his daughters. The whole matter of it is to be obedient to that because he is love. And the same way he wants us to respect his son, that's how we're supposed to reverent and respect him. If you reverent and respect God, you will reverent and look at his son and you will respect that man. You will respect him because you love his daddy i'm off my soapbox all right that that's a mic drop right now i was about to say y'all play too much this is getting so juicy but we're gonna save some of this for the next part 
Hey, listeners, I hope and trust that y'all share this episode to some man out there, some teen, maybe a teen try to help, you know, his daddy's probably his daddy's not in his life. Maybe some young man in his 20s or 30s or even 40s or even 50s. I'm 40 years old and I still miss my dad. So um, just remember that Jesus Christ, he's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.